are you? I'm doing okay. Thanks. Um, what's going on with me? Uh, I've got one hand all wrapped up in like this gauzy material. It's not a cast. I had what's called carpal tunnel release surgery on my left hand. I was awake for it. I had the option of being under anesthesia, but like they also gave me the option of not. So I'm like, yeah, okay. And it really wasn't so bad. And I'm like a total wuss when it comes to this kind of thing. I don't do well with, I mean, I've got tattoos and shit, but I, I don't do well anymore with needles and things being jabbed into my body. I let, my body goes, nope, I'm shutting down. I become unconscious instead. But I didn't do that this time. They built like this little uh, fort around my head um, of like, I don't know, some sort of medical blue medical cloth stuff. I don't know. Fabric and uh, some nice nurse lady or, you know, some sort of practitioner of medicine at any rate she was uh speaking to me the whole time it kept me nice and distracted and i was numbed up so it wasn't so bad i have Derek fern on this episode and who is Derek fern you ask well like so many other people that have come on this podcast he's an old friend of mine big surprise he's just a kind man you know he's a kind fella a good father he's a sweetheart he loves the band helmet and he loves the album Betty, so he came on to this show to talk about that album with us. The album Betty was released on June 21st, 1994 on Interscope Records by the band Helmet. It was produced by Todd Ray. He goes by the name T-Ray uh, as a producer, except for the song Milk Toast, which was the first single that was produced by Butch Vig. It is, let's see, is it available everywhere? Um, let me see. I'm going to look it up on Amazon real quick. Helmet Betty, not to be confused with the 2000 album by Bette Midler called Betty. Um, not available on audio CD, at least not through Amazon. What if I just Google it? Helmet Betty. It's like you can buy it used. Not super easy to find, it looks like. It's on Spotify. It's on Amazon Prime, probably. It's a, it's around. You can listen to it if you so choose. Yeah, so here is me and my old buddy Derek talking about this 1994 album, Betty. Hey. Well, hello. What's up, Beardo? Yeah. <laughs> a little long, huh? <laughs> the bushiest it's probably ever been in my entire life. <laughs> All right. So we are here. I'm ready to go. Good. We are here to talk about the album Betty from Helmet that came out in 1994. Uh, this was your choice, and I'm happy that you chose it. But before we get into Helmet's Betty... How do you and I know one another, Derek Fern? Yeah, well, that's funny, actually. We've known each other. Jeez. Mm. I mean, 
been a long time. I don't, I don't really want to do the math because <laughs> that will probably make me feel older. Yeah. But I do remember that we worked at Food Town bagging groceries together. That was the first few times, I want to say, that we really got to know each other. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. And that's kind of how I got to know the rest of you and the other guys that were in the grade above me was through working there. I think Harvey might have worked there, too. Harvey worked there. Govier worked there. Yeah. Goves out. That's funny because you're 100% right, but I had kind of forgotten about that. I mean, I, I was thinking, like, I knew, you know, we went to high school together, and of course, we yep. went on to be in at least a band or two together. Yeah. But you're right. Our friendship blossomed at yeah. Food Town. I believe you gave me some rides home from there as you would later yeah. in your big red truck. And you gave me CDs to borrow, like, oh, hey, you like this? You should listen to this. And you would literally give me CDs and say, digest these and bring them back. And- <laughs> Did you bring it back? Oh, well, yeah, I I wasn't that guy. You know, I lost a couple actually like Punk and Drublick. I recall very specifically who borrowed that and never gave it back. I won't mention names here. Is it Steve Guile? Because he's going to do that on the show. No, 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 but I remember very specifically you gave me The Grey Race by Bad Religion and Big Choice by Face to Face. Mm. Because you're like, oh, you like Green Day Dookie? Here, check these out. I did good. You did good. Yeah. yeah. You sent me down this wormhole of punk rock 90s music. But you're already heavily into that shit. You, you're you probably one, I was. long been one of the biggest Alice in Chain fans I know. Yes. And of course, you liked Helmet. I believe this was already out, I think, when I started working at Food Town. So, so how did you come yep. to this album? Uh, well, oddly enough, these were the days where I would just sit around and, and listen to music endlessly. Mm-hmm. And it was also the days of Columbia House and BMG. So <laughs> yes. I just kind of looked for any kind of album mm-hmm. that I might like, you know, people wearing T-shirts. Um, and I <laughs> honestly, I specifically remember you wearing a helmet T-shirt. It was blue and just had the uppercase helmet on it. Like that was it. Yeah, I had gotten into Meantime because yep. Adana X played Unsung, Unsung and I, of course like, I loved that. Endlessly. And then I got mm-hmm. the uh, that cassette through Columbia House. Yep. So, and I had heard Unsung, you know, 120 minutes and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, back in when MTV actually played music videos, and I don't know, it was kind of like I got to about 10, and I think it was like 12 or 13. You could get for a penny or whatever yeah, the 13, hell it was. Think, yeah. So like the last few, I was like, I don't know. Right. I mean, I kind of like that song by that band and um, the Crow soundtrack had already been out. There we go. I had heard Milk Toast yeah. like a hundred times. I want to say I might have even owned that soundtrack prior to getting Betty. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll get their latest album. Mm-hmm. And it didn't quite hit me right away. It was one of those albums okay. that I kind of had to sit with a little bit. Yeah. And kind of keep it in rotation until it just clicked and I... You know, was in my mode of just sitting down with headphones on and mm-hmm. liner notes and following every lyric. And I loved the album. I fell in love with it from super early on just because of how heavy it was, mm-hmm. which was weird because I didn't really listen to a lot of heavy music at that time. Yeah. You know, Alice in Chains was about as heavy as I got. So I think that's why it took a little while to get into it because mm-hmm. of his like screaming on like tracks like I Know and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. where... Yeah, it might have kind of put me off at first. That's funny because me and my brother were really into Helmet from Meantime, and he even had the album before that. And then, of course, Crow came out and he got the soundtrack. So, like, when he had got an album, it was like, I got the album, you know? <laughs> and uh, so we listened to that a whole fucking bunch. And then he got Betty. So I had Meantime, he got Betty. And 
it did not click with me, man. I I don't know that it clicked with me until this past week, 30 years later. Wow. You know, listening to it, I think part of me at the time was like, well, I was experimenting and getting into new bands frequently. I don't know that I was ready for bands that I was already into experimenting on their own. But at the same mm-hmm. time, listening to it this week, I'm also kind of like, maybe there wasn't enough of a change here between uh, Meantime and Betty. Because in a lot of ways, it mm. it is different, but it's also yeah. uh, it's also pretty similar. I mean, stuff like I Know, I think, sounds and yeah. Speechless sounds very uh, and clean. Those all sound pretty like old school, quote unquote, uh, helmet to me. And, I don't, and I'm mm-hmm. not saying that in a bad way. I just mean like. Some of it kind of blends together a little bit, which would be my criticism for the album if I have one. Do you have any criticisms of this album? I guess I kind of do. My number one, because I mean, the first, what, first nine tracks are just in your face, balls of the wall, helmet songs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then Beautiful Love comes on, which I don't know if I how, enjoy how much that. digging you did on on like this album. I, I don't necessarily need to talk about it now. Um, I, I will. I enjoyed it. Super cool. Yeah, that's yeah, one of the I, highlights I do too. of the album. I think. Yeah, yeah, that like freeform jazz kind of interlude and. Mm-hmm. In the middle, and that's great. Then you go into like speechless, but then you have Silver Hawaiian, which is. You know, it's a goofball. kind of a weird, yeah. It kind of doesn't make sense, but it kind of does. I kind of love it because, like, I'm listening to it while I'm doing the dishes or whatever, and just very soon I'm, I'm dancing like a fucking goofball, just like the music is. I'm just like kind of like shimmying around my. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda, it's a fun nonsense song. lyrics and stuff. Yeah, like it's it's goofy and you know that weird blues scale that it kind of goes through. Mm-hmm. And, Yeah, it's goofy. So it kind of like breaks up the super, I don't know, like straightforward and rock dense. stuff. There's a lot of like density. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually feel mm-hmm. like um, songs like Sam Hell or yeah, Sam Hell and Silver Hawaiian and even Beautiful Love, I think they should have been a little bit earlier in the album because I yeah. think that some yeah. of the stuff, I love Rolo and Street Crab and Clean. And I think Vaccination might be my favorite song on the album, but there is a lot of, it kind of blends together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's not enough to break it up. Yeah, I mean, it just like I said, it just punches you in the face with all this hard shit, and then towards the end, it's like, oh, but look what else we can do. <laughs> I think, honestly, personally, I love Sam Hell too. I think it's so awesome. Uh-huh. I did a little research for this, and I guess it's a six-string banjo. Is that what that is? Like, I gotta be honest, I didn't even know six-string banjos existed. I thought they were all five-strings, so, sure. like, shame on me as, you know, a guitarist to not even know how many strings you can have on a banjo. Well, you learned something. But, like, that little distortion with it you know it's super cool and like slide i mean it's just so cool but i think overrated should be the last song so i know that there are versions of this album that were put out by a different record company something like with amphetamine reptile i think was the name of the record company yep and uh like sam hell didn't make it on there and some other song did and they kind of rejigged the order and i kind of feel like i wonder if the order of this album is kind of like what you're getting at like as if 
the producers or Paige Hamilton himself as if they were trying to put up front the stuff that they thought the the fans might not reject. Right, have that strong side A. Yeah, and then kind of put the more experimental stuff on the second side when they're already invested in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things I like kind of found through my research of this album, which was super cool, like uh, interviews with him where he goes track by track Mm -hmm. of the entire album a few years ago when they did just this album. Mm -hmm. What do you mean they did just like perform this album live, you mean? or Yeah, in its entirety. He got together with a band band that wasn't, it was just him though. So it was Paige Hamilton as Helmet with other dudes, you know, three other dudes that you don't know that can play the same stuff. He's a bit of a Jay Maskus, kind of slowly but surely like losing bandmates like scales. Although Maskus got his back. <laughs> oh, did he? I don't I didn't yeah. know that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite song on the album? I said vaccination if I had to pick one. Do you have a what are the high points, I guess? You don't have to pick one. Well that that is my favorite too. Bad news. Yeah, and it it has been for a long time. Like I started playing guitar when I started getting into this album. Okay, that's a big deal for you. Yeah, so I remember going to Schaefer's Music in Howell Mm -hmm. and getting lessons there. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, and I hated them because I didn't want to learn how to read music. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know how to pick up my guitar and play super cool and heavy, awesome shit. So at some point, you know, uh, much to probably my mom's dismay, maybe then she probably doesn't give a shit now, Mm -hmm. but I just started bringing in CDs and and I was like, can you tell me how to play this? (laughs) It's pretty sweet. Same fucking thing. Everything you're describing. (laughs) So many people did. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care. Sure. Like guitar magazine and learn the tab. I'm like, "Ah, (laughs) I want to instantly feel good about what I'm doing. I don't want that, that, that progress, the, the stage of progress where I'm actually learning my craft. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I remember bringing vaccination to him specifically because I just I love that groove to it. And it's a, like a 4/4 drum beat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure some of your more nerdy followers might understand what that means, but the the guitar is not quite 4/4. There's like extra beats in there, mm-hmm. but the drum plays 4/4 and it comes back around right before the chorus hits. And then the chorus is also a bar of 4-4 followed by um, a bar of 3-4. So it's like a total of seven, I want to say, for the the chorus. And I didn't know that, you know, and that was like the one time bringing a song to him that I just wanted to learn tab for that I actually learned something about music. <laughs> I'm like, what's 4-4 mean and 3-4? Uh-huh. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, so you learned despite so, yourself. Yeah, well, and this this is that was kind of like a gateway to like all the weird, you know, messed up stuff like Dillinger Escape Plan that I got into, yeah. you know, towards the end of the '90s and early 2000s. Like this was totally my gateway to weird, funky music mm-hmm. that isn't just straightforward. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, vaccination's my favorite. The heavy, soft dynamic and everything. You and I played together in a couple of hardcore, like, screamo-type bands. And um, Mm -hmm. 
I'd say now this may be more for you. For me, it was more meantime. But for both of us, Helmet, I think, was an early. Uh, I mean, it pushed me off that cliff. Yeah. I mean, it's not like this is the only band I ever got into that had like straightforward chugga chugga hardcore stuff and like screaming. But mm-hmm. I mean, in a lot of ways, it felt prototypical. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it really set the stage for a lot of the stuff I would get into in the late 90s and early 2000s. Well, I think about how many bands were influenced by Helmet yeah. that I still love and listen to after them. Like, I mean, Snapcase wouldn't sound like Snapcase if there wasn't Helmet. I mean, to be perfectly I honest, bet you're right. Like the snare sound on this album, like that, I mean, just super tight. I mean, he wrenched on that snare to get it as, you know, high pitched and poppy pop. as it is. Like, it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it pops. And the bass, like the kick drum, I mean, it's so like, rich and full and that dynamic but just on the drum set alone i always love that tone and that sound it's so good and it just kicks so much ass what's his name uh um john what's what's the drummer's name oh god john it's not safety satier satier something like that that sounds right yeah now henry bogdan played bass on this and i feel like he really comes across more so than on either of the other albums that he played on, he gets to yeah. shine a lot more on this album. It's kind of a shame that this was the end of it, right? Wasn't he he done after this? No, I'm thinking of the guitar. No, he, he was on the next yeah, one. He yeah, was on the after next Taste. one they did as a three piece, so it was Page, Drummer, and Henry. I think Aftertaste is so yeah. underrated. So do I. It's so good, but it didn't come out in '93 or '94. No, it did not. Neither did Meantime. <laughs> so that's why we're talking this exactly. Yeah, I probably will do an episode for Meantime specifically, but I am glad that you brought this album back to my attention because since my brother had it, it was one that I dug a lot, but I mostly heard like in his room or I'd hear like in mm-hmm. your car, and I definitely kind of skipped it. You know, the, I I was in the Meantime and I was in the Aftertaste and the, even like mm-hmm. uh, what's the one after that. Strap it on. Yeah, no, strap it on was the one that was a, that was the first one. I was. Uh, oh, okay. I can't remember. There's the size matters. Maybe? Size matters is what I was trying to think. Yeah, of. yeah and that one's okay. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, listen to it in in passing. But you know what? Most of those lyrics are based what? on. Just sorry to. Hop no, in. do. <laughs> Again, through my like, you know, looking up all this stuff. Fun fact. It was a fun fact. Yeah, Paige dated Winona Ryder for a year in 2003, and a lot of the lyrics from that album were based on that relationship another songwriter who dated winona Ryder. i mean yeah yeah i had no idea and i found that 90s muse kind of bizarre yeah (laughs) but i guess she liked helmet and thought they were great so that's how they met yeah so do you have any specific (laughs) memories inextricably tied to this album yes i do um before i owned it i went to a birthday party you know this was 94 right Mm -hmm. and crow soundtrack like i said had been out and i I think at that point I hadn't picked it up, but what convinced me to buy it was going to this party mm-hmm. and our mutual friend, Mr. Michael Govier, was there oh, okay. playing the Crow soundtrack, I want to say. And I remember Milk Toast coming on and him just be like, oh, <laughs> and like losing his mind and like running around the basement, you know, like 14 year old idiots do. And <laughs> yeah, that was like so much fun. And I remember that song so specifically from that night. Because I think that's what made me want to run out and buy the Crow soundtrack. Yeah. I guess as I could. Can you tell a big difference between Milk Toast and Milk Q Toast from the album? <laughs> yes, actually, I can. I oh, and another interesting thing, that was the only song on the album that was produced by Butch Vig. 
was milk like toast. everything else was well, wasn't yeah, wasn't milk every, toast m-i-l-k produced by big yes. and then it's the same recording but he added some things so if you listen to one back to back During the verses, I want to say, like there's some weird, like ambient, like, like fuzzier, right? The, on the on the uh, crow, the, that version of milk toast, it's like fuzzier and kind of crunchier and like more distorted. Yeah, the mix is a little different, but there's like some weird ambient, almost like feedback guitar going mm-hmm. on in the verses. I want to say of the crow soundtrack okay. one, the video that they did for it, which has a bunch of the crow clips in it, actually is that version. Okay. If you want to see I remember the video. clips of the crow and, you know, Paige like coming in and out of lightness and darkness and <laughs> looking very wearing his industrial, very 90s, yeah. very 90s, like with, you know, like baggy pants and like a skateboard shirt. He probably had a wallet chain <laughs> you might, you might have, or two you know? <laughs> One on each side. <laughs> um, so is this something that you kind of always listened to or did it ever kind of drop out and you had to come back to it? No, yeah, I still have my original version of the album that I got from my Columbia House stint. On CD or cassette? On CD, okay. yeah. Still have it. The same exact one. I would do the cassettes because you got more cassettes than CDs. So even though like <laughs> you know, I had a CD player I deliberately, I'm like, ah, you get like two That's more. That's right, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> and I had a tape deck on my silly little Sony boombox or whatever, but... No, I had to have the CDs because you didn't have to like rewind them and shit like that. Yeah, no. was annoying. Who am I kidding? I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I was pretty happy to get CDs once I finally got a CD player. Yeah, but to answer your question, no, like I, I still listen to it pretty regularly. At yeah. least like a couple times a year, I'll, I'll throw it in or all those three albums. You know, Meantime, Betty, and Aftertaste. Yeah. Well, that's what I do with Aftertaste and Meantime. You know, that those both probably you know mm-hmm. once or twice a year will get thrown on for the past thirty years or whatever. When I put this on this past week, I was like, this is going to feel like a foreign album to me. It's going to feel like this weird, like I'm, it's not going to mm. be familiar to me at all other than Milk Toast. And then I put it on, I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, I completely yeah. remember all of this. Like I hadn't listened to it once since the mid nineties, but I must've listened to it a lot more than I realized because uh, it's still pretty familiar still. Did you ever get a chance to see them live? No, honestly. And uh, I mentioned that you know reunion or whatever the for betty mm-hmm. and i wanted to go i can't remember why i couldn't make it you're in your 40s and yeah and yeah. you know kids and mortgage yeah. and work and whatnot right <laughs> you had to tend the beard here at home combing yeah, your beard. i had to comb my beard make sure it was nice and straight <laughs> flat ironed it put some oil in there <laughs> scented it greased it all up get a little ipa spray and pump it in there <laughs> wow that would be bad put on a flannel maybe um, yeah. <laughs> and put on some indie rock some hardcore indie rock yeah, there perfect. you go let's do it <laughs> <laughs> all right so you've been uh looking at I, I don't really expect people to come and have like research that they've done but everyone kind of does that anyways uh, but do you have any other 
you know, things that you want to tell us about the album or things that you want to tell us about how you feel about the album before we start to wind down here? Yeah. I mean, like I kind of alluded to earlier, the, the story of him explaining song by song, like it was only a paragraph or two. So it wasn't, he went uh-huh. super in depth on every track, but I guess for beautiful love, the way that was recorded was he kind of had, well, and it's actually based off of the name of a song from like a jazz trio. The song okay. was by the same name but it was, they were instrumental. So he started off with his own jazzy guitar and he basically tricked the band into doing freeform jazz. According to him in this interview, the drummer hated everything that he thought wasn't cool and didn't want to do it ever. Yeah. So they tricked him one day in the studio and basically said, hey, can you do that thing where you sound check all your drums and, you know, just so we can get the levels right, you know, like where you hit the whole kit and stuff and like all the cymbals and everything. So the drums that you hear on that is literally him just getting tricked into doing that. And then <laughs> kind of the same thing with the bassist. Like he, he was just kind of sound checking and level checking and, you know, hitting the distortion pedal and just riffing. He's got his guitar clean in the background and mixed it all together, spliced it all together to make that song. <laughs> That's funny. It, it it does feel um, not that song, but the whole album feels a little bit pieced together. Yeah. You know, in a way, yeah. like if you kind of get that studio vibe. Yeah, yeah, it is very produced more than you do say with yeah. the meantime. But they still had all of the creative liberties that they wanted. Um, I mean, this was the day of Nirvana and Nevermind, where yeah, bands were getting signed left and right, and basically being told, sure, you know, whatever, do whatever you want, just give us a really great album and it doesn't really happen anymore. At least I don't feel like it's happening at least on a major label. Well, you know, it was a five year span or so where it was like, whatever you're releasing, if we can slap that label grunge on it, if it's, (laughs) if it's tough or rough enough that we can slap grunge on it and call it grunge, then we will throw money at you. Mm -hmm. And that's how you end up with like, I mean, yeah, you get stuff like helmet getting really big. And then you also have stuff that like, like how did the ass po- I mean I like the ass ponies but like the ass ponies and like some of these like bands you're like how did you end up on a major label mm. but it was a really kind of special time for yeah, uh, for music I guess yeah, absolutely Before we wind down here I'm going to ask you like some random 90s questions but okay. what would be your um the track you want to go out on well, how about we go out with Overrated, the, the song I feel like should have capped off the album. Good. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thank you for talking Betty with me. Now, let's go back to 1994. Okay. June 21st, 1994, to be specific, the date this album came out. You, like me, were a latchkey kid. Mm-hmm. You would come home from school and there would perhaps be nothing to look forward to but the couch and television and an empty house. Yeah, or like right? some ice cream in the fridge. Yep, yeah, <laughs> make sure we got fat young. Had to make sure we did that. We, we accomplished that goal. You've left the club, but don't worry, I'm holding the fort down. If you wanted to turn on the TV when you got home from school, say from the hours of from 3 to 5, you were kind of fucked here in Michigan if you wanted to put on you know, network because it'd be Oprah, maybe Jerry Springer, 
Maury Povich. It'd be a bunch of trash. Sally Jesse, right? Like yeah. shit you don't want to watch. Did you ever watch any of that crap? Is that what you watched? I, I did on occasion. Uh-huh. Was that in the afternoon though? I thought that was more like that was like yeah, that was like two, three, four. No okay. That was like two, three, four o'clock. But what cartoons were on. Lucky for us, <laughs> yes, there was Channel Fifty Fox, and there was uh WYMD, which was like Channel Twenty, kind of like this affiliate ABC channel. And those two channels, those would play the shit that we actually wanted to watch when we got home from middle school. So I'm going to give you an option of what was on Channel Twenty or Channel Fifty okay. at three, three thirty. <laughs> Four and four thirty. You have your choice between the two of them. All right. So at three o'clock, you just got home from school. Are you going to watch on Fox Tom and Jerry's Kids, or are you going to watch on Channel Twenty Tailspin? Oh, Tailspin for sure. <laughs> Spin it. It's a fucking no-brainer, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and if I'm going to watch Tom and Jerry, I'm going to watch them, not their children, whoever they are. <laughs> I'm interested in that. Crappy reboot that maybe was less racist. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Still the 90s. <laughs> right. Slightly less racist. At 3.30, we have a bit more of a harder choice. Fox, we could watch Tiny Toons. I say we because I guess I'm going to be on the couch with you in this scenario. Oh, yeah. We could watch Tiny Toons together. Okay. And we're not even smoking weed yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I was, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, um, uh, or, okay, Tiny Toons or Darkwing Duck. Ooh, that is tough. A tough one, right? I mean, if I'm talking about me, it was Tiny Toons. I I, I love that show. Like, it's on okay. uh, Hulu now, and I try to watch it with my kids. Like, they don't give a shit of anything no. that I try to watch. Um, no, all these reboots are not for the kids. They're for the no, adults. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that, that would have been it. I did watch some Darkwing Duck, but not nearly as much. Well, here's where I would have to get off your couch and go into your parents' <laughs> room and sit down and watch Darkwing Duck in there. <laughs> all right. So that half hour is over at 4 p.m. You have the option between Animaniacs and Goof Troop. It was always Animaniacs. Of course, Goof Troop. Come on. I mean, yeah. I love Goofy as a kid, but once they tried to like make him hip in the 90s and like gave him a son, I'm like, I don't yeah. want to think about Goofy fucking. No, that's really bizarre. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't even know what kind of creature he is. I mean, he's a dog. What do you mean you don't no, know? What Pluto's kind of a dog. Is? Yeah, Goofy's a dog too. Why does he talk and Pluto doesn't? I've never, I've never understood. They're that. different breeds of dog. Hello. Okay. So, was he a Doberman and he can speak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> Quit trying to make sense of it. It's fucking goofy. And we're watching Animaniacs anyway. <laughs> All right. And then, last but not least, and this is a complete gimme, this is an obvious one. The options are on channel 20, we could watch something called Bonkers, which I have no recollection of whatsoever. Mm. Me neither. Or the Batman animated series. Oh, the Batman. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that show. It was so good. So oh, good. it's great. R.I.P. Yeah. Kevin Conroy. Yeah. All right. Well, we pretty much nailed it on the same shows. Only at 3 yeah. 30 are we going to diverge and watch different things That's after okay. school yeah. at that time. And then we could throw in helmets Betty Fantastic. and smoke weed off a pop can. Or out of an apple, maybe. <laughs> out of an apple or yeah. a biscuit or something. <laughs> 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 like you do in the 90s you get yeah. a two liter and some tinfoil yep. and uh get to work it's a hell of an afternoon <laughs> uh, yeah don't play this for your mother i won't yeah nope <laughs> give me a big trouble <laughs> all right buddy well thank you so much for coming on my podcast here i definitely hope you come back and talk some more music with me uh you know i'm always down i love 
music, and this was such a good time for music. I mean, yes, mid '90s, even late '90s, love it. Yeah, '93, '94 is not going to be hard to like stick to those two years, but I am going to want to get outside of them every now and then. But '93, '94, man, there's a lot of albums. So oh, man. come back and talk to me with some more, or talk to me about some more. <laughs> I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me on, Travis. This was awesome. Thanks, man. So that was me and Derek talking about Betty. As you know, by this point, listening to a half hour or so of us chit-chatting, Thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Or maybe this is the first time you're supporting the podcast, in which case, thank you also. I appreciate it either way. Uh, My hand is fine. I mean, like, I'm taking this thingy off, this gauze thingy off in about 24 hours as of the time of this recording. Got, like, zero pain, to be honest. I mean, I had some the first couple days, but this is routine surgery. Routine surgery apparently means very little pain, at least in this case. So that's cool. I appreciate your concern, dear listener. Uh, Let me think for a second. Is there anything else I wanted to say about this album? Uh, Shout out to my brother Judd for owning this album and letting me listen to it growing up. He's going to be on the podcast uh, at some point. Looking forward to that. If you too want to be on this podcast, you can. All you have to do is email me at 9394podcast at gmail.com. Follow my Facebook page, 9394, a music podcast with Travis Roy. You can message me on that. You can do pretty much any album you want to that was released in 1993 or 1994. It would be cool if I could find someone who was interested in doing the Crow soundtrack. We talked about it a little bit with Helmet's Milk Toast single. It'd be cool to do the whole whole soundtrack. It's a pretty awesome soundtrack. Very, very gothic. Very dark. Uh, but so much good stuff on there. And it'd be fun to kind of talk about a bunch of different bands. Yeah, I'm definitely open to talking compilations. Fuck yeah. I'll talk live albums. I'll talk whatever. I don't care. I'll talk EPs. Bring it. So, yeah, let's, let's talk The Crow. That would be cool. And uh, that's about it for today, party people. I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening. Have a have a wonderful uh, have a wonderful day, Betty. I'm Betty. I'm Betty. I'm Betty. Podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.